<laughs> Zelda's out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I I do feel like there in the early 2000s there was a period. Um, I, I remember being in in La Paz and going to like an internet cafe, and on the door, it 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 had like what was they were willing to pay for a PlayStation 4 or something, or or, or there was something about it, like like they were selling it, and I remember it being like maybe two to three times what it cost in the United States and thinking to myself, like I should become a video game smuggler, man. I like you get a little <laughs> plane, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're at 10,000 feet. We're going to drop to five, open the door, latch the chute, push it out. <laughs> Coming in hot. Watch out, everybody. <laughs> hey, How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. You doing okay, Obox? I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I got a big, big smile on my face because I uh, had some unexpected, you know, like a, a late Santa Claus coming in hot on Ark, man. That was pretty cool. <laughs> raptor <got> Claus. <laughs> yeah, Raptor Claus came in hot and uh, yeah. got some late Christmas gaming gifts, you might say, in a weird way. Yeah. So I'm pretty good, man. Yeah. How's your uh, How's your week going? It's been pretty good. Uh, yeah, just chilling mostly. Got got a good bit of arc in this week, and uh, um, yeah, and kind of excited for the episode from here. Yeah, let's let's just get her started for all the listeners. They want to get right into it too, I suspect. So hey, wait, Chuck, do you want to do the intro this time? I'm putting you in under, under the spotlight here. Do you remember? If it doesn't come out right, it's okay. Um. Nobody's going to be mad at you, baby. <laughs> All right. We want to welcome gamers, non-gamers, PVEers, PVPers, and even NPCs to the New Wave Gaming Podcast, where I'm uh, Chuck Tomahawk. <laughs> yes, you, you are Chuck Tomahawk. <laughs> and I'm Ovox. <laughs> And we are here to pump you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, welcome everyone. Yeah. We're happy to have you here. This is our. Oh damn! What what episode is this, man? We didn't even we didn't make an outline this time. <laughs> I think I'm it's nineteen. It is nineteen. It's episode nineteen. Thanks everyone for being here. Uh, we sh- we should have a funny episode on. No, we do have a funny one on hand here. We're just going to talk a little bit about like the experience of buying games back in the day and the experience of buying games today <laughs> and yeah and just how different it is and of course we're going to drop a little uh we're going to try and give a little bit of a comedic touch to the discussion that's right um, chuck tomahawk is usually the one that makes that happen yeah, i'm just here kind license. of yeah <laughs> I'm just here kind of loitering on this podcast. That's not true. <laughs> just trying to pull it together here with the with the switches and the dials. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we're going to talk about a little bit about the experience of buying video games. And we're going to keep it real simple. We're going to try and keep this one a little bit shorter. Because um, truth be told, uh, and I know we always talk about ARC way too much, um, but we just got hooked up. Dude, and we uh, in fact, before we be- before <laughs> we dive into this, because I know we're gonna have to talk about it a little bit, uh-huh. uh, I'll leave a timestamp in the episode description just in case you want to jump past all the uh, rants and chuck points and uh, get to the to the meat and bones of the episode. But um, man, yeah, we got hooked up today. 
We did. Uh, you know, I, I feel like our viewers have to have almost experience now. It's like anytime I've talked about us interacting with people outside of our tribe, it's usually like pretty aggressive and, and you know, aggro as hell on any PvP situation. But it, it seems like we found a server where, you know, people are kind of helping each other out, especially on the aberration uh, map of Arc there. And uh, yeah, yeah, we've been getting some help, man. First, I got to. I think both of us have to give a huge shout out to Omi Omai. I've been pronouncing it Omi Omi because I think that's the the Mexico living in Mexico my whole life side. I mean, I just kind of like read it as a in Spanish, you know. Yeah, muscle me no. Omi Omi. Huge shout out to yeah. Omi Omi. Yeah, uh, or sure. Omi Omai for uh, <clears throat> hooking up a dope uh, base location on Ark Survival Evolved on the aberration map. We're not going to mention servers or anything like that just to keep it on the down low, but, um, huge shout out to him. And also, uh, we've been able to flourish in that little spot, man. We have And you know, he, he hooked us up with the spot, you know, we kind of, I think he was the first person we kind of ran into that that was being sort of friendly. And, and, uh, we were kind of being friendly with the people that were starting out, you know, where, where we were at too. And, and, uh, yeah, there's just a vibe there on aberration that, that is kind of like, let's help each other out. Cause it is kind of harder to survive there in general. You know I mean? You've got just a lot of challenges. Arc's a unique map. Uh, Arc, uh, excuse me, aberration rather is a unique map. You know, you don't have flyers there. Yeah, that's generally, a good start. Generally to speaking, it, man. So that's a huge difference. <laughs> um, mm. The different sections, the blue zone, the red zone, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, so many thanks to uh, Omio Mai from the Runamux tribe uh, for hooking up the spot we're in. We call it the root. Yeah, because it's literally like a root yeah. up in a way yeah. up in a tree, kind of way off the beaten path, and it's just like, you know, we're gonna get raided one of these days, man. It's gonna happen. You know how Ark is. It's going to happen. I learned that today. You know when uh, <laughs> when I saw today? like so you know the elaborate bases that that had also been raided. You know it just and also you know how much stuff you could possibly have. Uh, yeah, just the scale and perspective of it uh, just nearly, you know, it makes me think. I, I had a false sense of security where we were at up, uh, you know, in the route. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, man. When you see some of what these alpha tribes are capable of putting together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for our listeners, like, there's a dino that you can get in this game that, that pretty much serves as a, a, a turret. Like, like it, instead of having bullets, it, it shoots... Almost like spikes. porcupine spikes, uh, and uh, I've been breeding a bunch of those, and just sort of, you know, just thinking to myself, how can anyone survive this, uh, you know, kind of thing? And because most of the tactics I know for raiding bases, it, it would you couldn't soak them essentially, you know. And uh, but uh, yeah, after what I saw today, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure they got saddles and all that for the little armor boost. Some of them didn't have saddles, so we yeah. we lost a, a cup. We lost a velanosaur. That's mm-hmm. what they're called, those velanosaurs. Um, and uh, there was a potential raid in 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 action, but I think we uh, kind of like shut that down pretty successfully. Yeah. And then <clears throat> also. Got to give a huge, uh, hold on, let me pull, he's got a unique gamer name here, and I didn't ask him his real name, of course, um, but got to give a huge shout out to IFTNR uh, for, dude, yeah. like, like 
the biggest hookup I've ever experienced in my arc gaming life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I gotta be honest. I remember like, you know, playing arc for the first time and like, you know, you're in your, let's just call it your initial month of playing the game and you're experiencing it. And it, listeners, if you haven't played arc survival evolved and you're into survival games, um, definitely know we Chuck and I have talked about it a million times over here. You're probably sick about sick of hearing about it, but check it out anyways. Um, uh, in all of my life on that game, like, you know, every now and then someone's nice. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then. Every now and then. Every now and then. And especially if you're playing on official servers, which is what most, I think, probably most players do when they're just experiencing the game for the first time. And then you discover unofficial servers and you never go back, right? It's like, mm. you got to play on there. But anyways, like, I remember once somebody gave me, like, a couple of turrets you know, regular automated turrets, like, like seven, I think. And I just remember being like, damn, man, like, whoa, like my life has changed. Like this game is like, like just like freak, like so happy, like a little kid with a new toy. Yeah. And then, ap- <laughs> sorry, uh, after today, I got a little bug there stuck in my throat. Uh, after today, man, I've never experienced uh, a hookup like today. No. And and for me, I don't know that I I've had anyone be super nice before. Like like usually like being nice for me has been not killing me when they had like the opportunity to. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. It's> like, <laughs> like I let you live, and <laughs> you know, yeah. so here's um, your stuff back. <laughs> yeah, I you know again like super thanks to those guys and and, and um. I, yeah, so, I, I saw like things that I didn't know existed in the game, and I, I feel like I know a lot about that game. You know, I'm, I'm in the thousands of hours, I, I think, probably at this point, uh, you know, of playing it. And, you know, I didn't yep. realize some of those things even even existed. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Like, and yeah. anyone that is familiar with, with our, like, you'll, you'll, you'll get this, but uh, IFTNR... Uh, and the Trailer Arc Boys. Awesome tribe name. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you tons. Huge shout out to uh, you guys for the hookup. They basically like, like, they're just an alpha tribe as far as I'm concerned on, uh, you know, a couple of maps there. And they were basically just like, we're done playing. Here's all of our stuff. Yeah. And if you've played Arc before and you, you understand the, the dynamics of an alpha tribe, <laughs> you know, just about how much stuff we got. So it was just like, <laughs> well, and what's crazy is they had been raided. Like, like I think, you know, it could have even been more stuff. I, I think, you know, and even what's left is, is, you know, would have taken us months, you know, yeah, it, like us, you and myself, you know, with like jobs and stuff like, I mean, and yeah. it's not, it's not that they don't or whatever. It's like, but I think they've just been on much longer than we have, uh, a couple of months more, and uh, put some work into it, you know. And it is an unofficial, oh, sorry, I got the burps here. It is an unofficial boosted server, so you can get far much more done and tamed and collected, et cetera, built up than on an official, but still. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, uh, I, I had 600,000 on me, and then he mentioned 1.7 million in like, the vaults or in the in the dedicated the dedicated vaults so what like oh like two million or more bullets 
ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and I, that I'd takes love, forever to grind out, man. Yeah, for, like for our viewers' perspective, two that, million that would, advanced rifle bullets, man. It usually takes. I, I can probably make about twelve thousand a day. Like if I really work at it, uh, you know, on this, this server, uh, like I might make about twelve thousand bullets. Like far as if I just started with nothing, you know, and went and got the <laughs> the resources to get it done, and it would take. I would say, you know, and that's not just instantly. Like I'd still have to wait for things to process and be be refined. Like I'd hate to, I'd have to wait for wood to be turned into charcoal and, you know, d- yep. different resources to yep. be refined down. So, you gotta so grind be, down the rocks with the flint to make the spark powder, and then you gotta mix it with the gun uh, with the charcoal to make gunpowder. And I would and then say, you gotta go and yeah. mine all the metal, melt it down. And then crafting them also takes, you know, that doesn't happen instantly. It's a, it's sort of a timed thing. So, yeah, I mean you're looking at, at just wait time on, on those things like i would say at least six hours to get those twelve thousand bullets so yeah yeah it's it yeah i don't know that i, I fully understood it till we, i just thought, <laughs> like, it, thought wait, wait. it through like that you're like, you're like you're looking at the dedicated storage thing and there's just like a number on there and it says like six zero nine three three seven what does this mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know just 600,000 rounds you guys can have them for your turrets it's like oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> I'm just like looking at Chuck in game. Like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah that's exciting. I, I'm excited to see where we go with it. And uh, yeah, we hope, uh, hope to get some of our uh, uh, former tribe mates involved. And uh, it's almost like I'm drunk with power already, though. It's like I think about, like, you know, what, what, like, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Go start threatening other, you know, players. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, you got to tell them what you told me earlier in the chat. That made me laugh so hard, man. We're going to start selling bullets or something like that, and we're no, either going to buy like, them or we're going to use them on you. No, no, it was, that was funny, too, but Tomahawk is all of a sudden, he's like, so should we start? So should we start talking shit? <laughs> no, it's so unlike me. Dude. Should it's I like? like <laughs> should I call someone out in the chat? Yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> like... so Because <laughs> you know we're usually the pair. Like we're both like super friendly there. Like we pull up on someone. It's like hello, I'm friendly. You know, and if if things get aggressive, then we'll go into PvP mode. Yeah, yeah, and, and do what we got to do. But like. Chuck's just like completely out of character for me. He's all like, should I start talking shit? It's like, now I can back it up. Like, I'm going to start, you know, this is like. We've got a couple of gigas with over 400 melee. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I think normally like I would be so afraid that I would lose what, you know, that I'd had ground out you know that that what we had so much but uh to have so much now you, you know there's a little less fear of like i lose you know everything in my body and still have you know a good bit of, you know everything again 10 times over you know somewhere else so, yeah it um, seems like in that game you can reach a point where um unless you get literally like foundation wiped like just completely wiped off the map um you get to a point of power where even if you get raided there's still so much there. Like, I mean, remember when we went, he's like, yeah, you can just, we'll just merge and you can have everything. You can just have this. And and he, you know, gave us everything. He joined it and just receded it all to us. And I remember walking up, you were there too, dude. We both walked <laughs> up to one of his turret towers and we were like, you got raided? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, you know, so anyways. Wow. Man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're still kind of, Eh. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I, 
I hope we go like in really positive directions with it, and, and I'm excited to see where that goes. I, I know one thing I want to do is maybe try to go after a void wyvern. Um, you know, right outside our door there, in, in the one new spot, like. Uh, oh yeah, on, on Genesis too. So, oh man, not it's to almost like a tech with wyvern, this, like that, that's out there somewhere. Uh, waiting. Can for you us. get those? Are you, are you able to tame yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I've watched a video of it a while back. I don't remember the, the mechanics exactly, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have to get one then. I mean, I don't know if there's anything left we can get. Like, we almost mm. like I feel like like there's we beat the game already. Like we're in end game now. Yeah. We went think... from like mid game status to end game with all the stuff we got now. So, I think now we just got to find a victim. Yeah, Raiden, I think is our next move like, uh, to some degree. <laughs> yeah, they, we oh, man. Yeah, maybe find those people that were trying to raid us today that might. Yeah, or maybe we can like avenge uh, avenge uh, the trailer arc boys. We'll see. <clears throat> yeah, we'll get after it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's fun to share that with our listeners. It it, it uh, I, I think you can probably tell it's been a good day on arc, and uh, yeah, it's fun. We we yeah. uh, it's gonna be hard not to go right back to it after we're done uh, recording. <laughs> I'm like, you go? Let's go look at those new t- juicy tames that you got. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. That'll be it's gonna fun. Be, it's yeah. going to be fun just to look at this stuff in the vaults and like not even like, oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Is, um, um, yeah. That, that, something that happens to Ovox and I both is like you, you end up in like you're just kind of thinking about what you're going to do next in this game and you end up just kind of running around in circles looking at everything. <laughs> like, and I, I think I've got a few hours of that ahead of me. <laughs> I want to I want to like say, no, that's not true, but it's <laughs> definitely true. <laughs> and, I mean, and then, and I don't know if you ever experienced this, but you feel like you've you've gotten a lot done in the game. You know, everything's like gas is filled, turrets are loaded, um, tames are imprinted, everything's like good, and you just kind of like sit back there for a moment, just running around, looking at everything, like admiring what you've worked on and got done. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, uh, it 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 feels good but it's like you say that this is so much stuff you you almost start thinking like like maybe we should start a bank or something <laughs> like where, where we sell bullets. yeah like, start loaning like loaning tames or something <laughs> yeah, or selling selling eggs yeah like like the the stories we heard uh, from um the, uh, last week we we were talking about like like in Eve where where being you know, the guy created a bank and all sorts sorts of things. I don't know that the uh, the structure's there in this game, but you could almost uh, maybe. do it. And it sounds yeah. like sounds like the admins on the server we're on are going to start doing something like that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I think our next move has got to be just uh, getting familiar with our new surroundings and um, uh, learning the ropes. You know, like with everything where everything's at and just being prepared yeah yeah hopefully hopefully we'll get some more tribe mates because it's going to be hard as a duo for sure yeah so chuck buying video games man what do you got for us any you got anything like you want to start off with before we uh dive into what it's like these days buying video games and what it was like back in the day when we were youngsters that i think right there you you hit on it like like what for for you when when do you remember buying your first video game and and how did you sort of acquire it? Like, do do you remember? I I I feel like probably you know maybe for each of us maybe our first ones might have been a gift as, as a kid or or something. But but 
you know, cause it, for me, I, I had an allowance at some point and I, and then, you know, I started doing mowing some yards and things like that, you know, got, got, you know, when did, yeah. did you, I, I, I'm I just, do you think allowances even exist these days? <laughs> Is that a thing still? I don't know. I, I had one that was about you, five bucks at listener, some point. Did you have an allowance? I remember getting five <laughs> bucks a week, son. And, and, you know, when I was like, you know, under 10 years old or whatever, around that, that age or so, I would say I was raking in a, you know, just a, a good little, little bit of, well, just a little bit of spending money. And then, you know, there were projects. I, I, I had to mow the yard. Just, that was just part of my regular duties is, you know, being a kid there at the house, you know, getting to breathe, <laughs> yep. allowed to breathe in that space. <laughs> but yeah, you could. So you rake in that, you rake in that allowance money, save up, and then you go buy yourself a video game. Yeah. Or, or maybe you got some money as a gift, you know, or something even for, you know, like a, your birthday, you know, and you kind of got to go spend it. Do, do you, do you remember kind of a first experience of that? Uh, yeah, certainly do. Mine, my first experiences were also in the form of Christmases and birthdays. You know, like I, I think I sent you that picture of me <laughs> getting awesome. a, a Game Boy, <laughs> the original Game Boy. I must have been about four, perhaps. Yeah. It must have been around 1991 or 1992. And it's just, a you know, one of those old Kodak color uh developed pictures of me super stoked you know that yeah. little that face dude that well, typical classic face um and that was the game boy and i remember getting with it tetris and i think it was super mario land uh-huh. it wasn't mario world i think it was mario land because it was on the game boy uh-huh. and it was black and you know obviously the game boy it was uh it was like a grayscale or something like that i don't remember but uh-huh. that was the very first one i remember getting but yeah that was a christmas scenario uh-huh um, you want to know more about like the first one that I yeah. bought though? Well, and, and to, I think for me, like, like I may not even remember exactly the first one, but, but just far as when you think of this subject, like, like what pops yeah. up in your memory sort of. I, yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, the first one that pops up in my memory that I know that I bought, uh, and like, I remember I went to, I, I want to say it was, it must've been a target. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been a different store, but it was in San Diego, Grandma's house. Uh, we went to a store. I bought the game, and it was a Nintendo 64 game. Okay. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Nintendo 64 game, yeah. And it, I remember it was a game that had, like, bugs in it, and you had to, like, kill the bugs. They were, like, alien bugs. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and bring it up on the phone here while we're podcasting just to see if I can get the name. I should have done that before recording, but, dude, I remember it sucked. it sucked so bad dude it was the most glitched out game ever man like it didn't i just i don't i couldn't tell you i'd I'd be making it up i just remember it was very glitchy um it it was so bad that it didn't work like there was nothing there was no Mm. gameplay to to like engage on you know um and i remember that um i remember it cost you know 30 40 bucks and I was very young. That was a lot of money, you know, to just like, you know, to like bang out like that. And I remember the game sucking. And in retrospect, man, it's such a funny like reality of game of, of buying video games back then. Yeah. You know, just oh. like because what do you have in terms of like reviewing whether the game has is going to be good or not? What were our re- what were our resources back then in the 90s it, or in your case, uh, even back into the 80s a little bit? 
Well, I think too, I like like painting the picture. I, I I suspect for you, like it was for me. You know, it was important for my parents to kind of teach me the value of a dollar, as they would call it, and and you know, you had to have respect for money. And my parents didn't have a ton of respect for video games, like as a <laughs> as a positive expenditure. You know, I think, yeah. you know, I I, I I would say my dad just besides thinking it was a waste of time, he would assume that that game, as soon as I purchased it, would be worth less than, you know, what I had paid for it as a used video game. You know, it's kind of a Mm-hmm. You know, he's not putting a lot of value on that fun time or, or whatever. So, so yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something that, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. it was, uh, for my parents as well, it was something that was keeping us away from the great outdoors in whatever turn, you know, like whether that's doing baseball, football, basketball, you know, doing chores outside, uh, you know, whatever that may be, these damned video games <laughs> on the idiot box. As my mom used to call it, <laughs> yeah. we're keeping us away from the you know more enriching things, uh, enriching things in life. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so like I say, you add that into like another lesson that was going on at the time, or another perspective, or you know, just dynamic of living as a kid with my parents. It was like you know wisely spending that allowance somehow, and and you know I, I think my dad would have totally preferred I just saved it you know, for a rainy day or something like that, or, you know, started saving yeah. for college or something crazy. Yeah, like a savings account or something, <laughs> yeah. an emergency fund. But it was yours and you got to do what you wanted to with it or, or whatnot. So yeah, I think, you know, buying a video game just wasn't like, you know, he couldn't have uh, saw the, 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 you know, the value of that. So, so, so that I, I feel like any time that I went to actually purchase some with my own money, I was in that you know, I was being judged in that environment or, or whatever. So it added an oh, even more, more, more tension to that. You, you know, like, like I think I might've even like, if I didn't like it, that then in your scenario, I'd have been like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, uh, it's great. Dad. It's, great. <laughs> it's got bugs, but it's, it's a game about bugs. <laughs> this is a creative choice. Like, <laughs> man, that did, no, I swear that game that I bought was horrible, man. Um, Gosh, let me see. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and pull up on my phone. I started I to say, there was a movie called A Bug's Life, I remember. Uh, that was a great movie, though, wasn't yeah, it? Was I think I remember movie. that. Yeah, I don't, and it probably came out way after uh, the, the time period you're talking about, because we were probably talking about the late 90s, I, I'm, I'm guessing here. Somewhere well, when did the When did the Nintendo 64 come out? Was it like 2000 or 2001? No, 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 no. 1997 or 96. Yeah, because I, I know Goldeneye was on it, and, and it was in 97. Yeah, so so it was probably a little before that. I would say 95, 94, somewhere in there. Um, yep. So. Uh, dude, let me see here. Bug game on Nintendo 64. Let's see what comes up. It's not a Bug's Life. Oh, were you talking about a Bug's Life on the Nintendo? There was a video game, like a version of it, but I actually only ever saw the movie. I, I took my little nieces when they were they were little kids, and it's hard to get a kid. Like you think a kid would enjoy a movie, but they got bored really quick. Like and you're just like looking at me instead of the movie. Oh, here it is, dude. It's called Body Harvest. Mm. You know that game? Have I've you heard, heard it. I'm picturing like um look at this. Body. I'm showing, I'm showing Chuck some the picture. I see why it. you might have got it though. Like like the graphic dude, it actually. Dude, it looks dope, dude. It, it does looks look sick. pretty dope. 
And again, and I'm not bagging on this game. Um, I might, I may have just bought a bad, uh, you know, cartridge. But I just remember the excitement, you know, like I went to the store, I saved up all this money as a little kid. Um, I had no way to investigate. Busted the piggy bank. I didn't have any like Nintendo Power magazines. There was no internet that I could go like look at and like check out some game ranks before you buy videos like I do these days, you know, or go on to Reddit, et cetera, et cetera, you, you know, so on and so forth. You guys know the deal. You know, you guys and gals know the drill here with gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, we check, you know, unless like we're a dedicated like fan of a certain franchise and we're just like, yeah, pre-purchase, I'm, you know, we're checking that stuff out. We've got resources. And even still, um, and we'll get into this, you know, in a bit, but like there's still like caveats to all that. Uh, but, but back in the day, man, you know, just getting a ride out of mom or dad, was like pulling teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Like you gotta, you gotta get to that bitch first. You know what I'm saying? Specialty (laughs) store. (laughs) Main street's way like, you know, like 12 miles away, you know, at least back in Oregon when we were living, you know, that, that was out of the way. Yeah. And then even in California, when we'd be visiting grandma, uh, your closest like video game store was a bit out of the way back then. I, I, it sounds like you're in a similar, I would say for me, it was a 30 minute drive to a, a, a nearby town, you know, that would have a, a large enough store uh, yeah, to get it. it but had a, a selection, it, you know, and I think that kind of leads me to my, like my first experience, I would say was probably as a kid at, at Kmart. Um, and, you know, I feel like there's a time period there where, you know, like he, I would say if you're in a Kmart or a Walmart today, the games are behind glass somehow. And yep, yep. I want to say back in these days, they weren't behind glass, but they had this big old plastic thing on them. Like you couldn't, you couldn't like put them in your pants or something because like, like almost how oh, CDs yeah. were closed, were, were sold. You're right, dude. Like it was, it was, it was, it was in that thing, you know, and you could, you could thumb through them or whatever. And, and um, you, you were able to look at the box at least because, you know, once the glass comes up, like even though the box art in the back, like, like it kind of takes, like you got to go get a guy like with the key and like, you know, yeah. uh, have him get the game out. And I always felt like awkwardly obligated to buy it. Like once I was like, Hey man, can you let me in the case over here? And like, yeah. you know, they come like, and you look at the back and you're like, nah, nah no yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so true. Cause uh, when, when I was still living in Oregon, We'd go down to like it'd be Fred Meyer's or or the Walmart, but mostly Fred Meyer. We'd also go just to just stores like that, and there'd always be this electronic section, and you'd always find the latest CDs. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'd be looking for that Nirvana back then, or any of those grunge bands, um, Blink One Eighty Two, when they were still like just becoming known. Green Day had just released like Dookie and stuff like that, or or yeah. Basket Case, whatever the. No, it was Dookie, that album. Um, you know, yeah. Offspring was really starting to hit. And uh, and you'd be in that section, and then the next aisle over would be all the video games. And you're right, man. <laughs> There'd be PlayStation 1, Nintendo 64, and they'd all be in these, like, thick, like, there'd be, like, thick plastic protectors around them, like, <laughs> almost like chastity belts around each game or something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. gonna put your fingers all over me. You might as well take me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But yeah. um, <clears throat> at least you could look wait. at them. You know, like you could look at the box and kind of 
But that, yeah. that I mean, that's that's kind of what's uh, the point we're kind of getting at here is that, man, all you really could do is read the box, and that that's all you could go off of. You know, and I think if I liked the if it was adapted from a movie, you know, I think that was I was going to try it. Like if you know, I liked the, really, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's risky. If I liked the movie. Like I don't, I don't like have a specific scenario for you with like that. I, I don't think I ever owned the Ghostbuster game, even though I like the movie or whatever, and it obviously gets great reviews, you know, from that time period. But um, I would say too, I was a little willy nilly about it. Like, like I, I, I just wanted a game. I, I think, and and like you're talking about, once I got my grandma or whoever to take me there, like I was probably going to follow through with something, you know, even because because a lot of times oh, you get dude, there and they have... wouldn't have what you wanted, you know, dude. 75% of the time. Yeah, so you had to make a choice. Like, like you know, I was going to get something, you know, but you also like, weren't going to throw your money away either. Like, you know, yeah, so. it's like you re- you went there for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, <laughs> but because, you know, you've been hearing about it, like little Timmy next door happened to get it. That's how you, you know? end up with Battletoads, even though I love yeah. Battletoads. It's my favorite game. I always felt like it was the poor man's Ninja Turtle. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dude, that, that game has its own. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's 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 legendary status for yeah. me. But uh, like, yeah, uh, I I would always get there and like they wouldn't have what I wanted. You know, I might have saw it in the like the J.C. Penney wish book or something. You know, knew it existed and, and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like would go there for it. And um, I I think you should touch on that, Chuck, because that that goes back even a generation before myself of of when you'd see these things in these retail catalog magazines that people would get in the mail. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think Sears I, I had one and, um, also JC Penney. Uh, I, I can't remember if Toys R Us had one. Toys R Us would have more like a, a, something that would come in the newspaper, like a circular that, that, you know, kind of listed games that they had on sale and, and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, I think I think I've probably mentioned it in another episode, but around Christmas time, they would put out the sort of the, you know, pre-Christmas catalog and it would have these games in the the JCPenney wish book and and like it it you knew, you know, what what you were getting yourself into there and our local JCPenney wouldn't have a lot in stock like like, you know, these were typically more like you had to order them, but at that time period, I would kind of use that to know what it was maybe and and it might even have like a little bit of description you know it it would it would show a big picture of it and in that picture it would have letters by each each item and then down below it you would like Like a little code yeah you would no it would would, i've seen it like you're talking about but as best as i remember it was just like it'd be like you know h and you, you could see the front of the game box and then down by h it would say you know um ms pac-man like you know, it would kind of describe, the price and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so, you know, that, that was like some information you would get about them. And then, so when I was at Kmart, you know, I would be kind of looking through that and, and I think there was always kind of a bargain bin sort of game. Like, like you could tell how well a game done did too. Like, like if it ended up in there, you know, it was always kind of like it didn't do well, you know, kind of thing. Well, but, um, I, I think like, Man, that's just it's 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 crazy to think about because today we just pull that up on our phone anywhere. <laughs> anytime, man. I could be on the on the throne, I could be ordering some tacos, I could be 
you know, at the gym, whatever. And at any moment, if I have, if the doubt comes into my mind or like, oh yeah, what about that, uh, you know, well, that so-and-so game coming out and I can go and, and find out anything or as much as I need to on the internet immediately on, on hand. It's true. But like back, like, like you just said, like back then, you know, you get that Sears catalog and it's all printed. It's in a magazine or like a, in a newspaper format. Um, your, you know, the reliability of it making to your porch or getting it in your own hands is, you know, there, there's something to do there. You know, you have to make that kind of happen. It's not just in your pocket. You can't pull it right out. Um, and w- you know, that little, <clears throat> like in the catalog example, like you said, it'll, it'll be a little letter. You go down to the bottom, it says, Mrs. Pac-Man, you might get a couple of more lines of description and then that's it. <laughs> that's what you know about the game. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really a place to go for for critiques or like, you know, um ratings or expectations or how it's going to do, how they expect it to do. You couldn't find any of that. Um you know, you may be able to get the respective company's magazine like I remember Nintendo Power being very popular back in the day. Uh and I know all the other companies had their own variations of magazines and but I think that usually for the most part kind of tended towards like once the game had released you know they would make these magazines with like uh tips and tricks and you know like guides and etc etc it wasn't really like you know about games that were going to come out (laughs) when it came to when it came to games that were going to come out or games that you didn't get yet i mean all you really had to go to were hopefully seeing the commercials on tv and, and right, because back then we had cable TV or, or switch uh, uh, an- antenna TV, and you just cross your like whenever a video game commercial would come on, it would all, it would always be like, oh, oh yeah, oh, especially oh, like Saturday yeah, morning yeah, cartoons. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah man. You're like, listen, everybody, listen, <laughs> be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Oh, dad, 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 please, please, I want that for Christmas, please. My birthday's coming up, please. You know, whatever. You know, you know it's just so different uh, back yeah. then. Well, and and you know, I guess once it's released, you kind of have word of mouth, like your your friends, like if somebody has one, or, or you know, especially if you get a chance to play it, you might have you know the fact that you'd played it at the arcade, and and this was a port, you know, from the arcade, like like you know, there were there were just oh yeah, more As like the years went by on the, the ground, like like levels of intel, like at that time. You know, oh, schoolyard really intel, man. Schoolyard <laughs> yeah. intel. Yeah, it's the word on the street was out there and yeah. the word of mouth. It's yeah. kind of all you could uh, could really go the for. The word by the tetherball is... <laughs> yeah. Boys I, behind the cafeteria are telling me some, uh, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I haven't... Dude, but that was another thing. Oh, sorry to, uh, sorry to, to <laughs> no, jump okay. on you there, but um, that was another really dope thing about video games back in the day that I probably suspect does not happen anymore was like you know you'd build a little collection of games you know especially like if you're in the middle class you know kind of range of of household you didn't have a like big old massive collection you know you'd have your little stash and you'd you'd really enjoy like you know lining them up or anything in alphabetical order you know your little game cartridges and then in the schoolyard you know we've we've kind of touched on this before chuck You'd, you'd get your friends you'd be like hey so you know what what video games did Santa bring you, man? And then and you come to arrangements like, all right, well, as soon as you beat that, and as soon as I beat this, <laughs> let's you know, I'll lend you Zelda: Ocarina of Time. You lend me Goldeneye. We'll we'll make the trade for about a month, 
and then we'll get back. And dude, like very serious handshake deals would take place, you know, by the swing sets. Yeah, that you know? video game black market there, right dude. Here. And like you know, <laughs> I remember, trade. I remember fistfights. You know, when when games wouldn't be returned, like little <laughs> little uh, you know elementary style fistfights. Kids would start, you know, throwing chingasos as they say down here <laughs> in Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was something. If my dad found out something like that, like you know, so and so had my stuff, and like I, I. You know, it wasn't part of the arrangement. Like that was a problem. You're going to be. You need <laughs> like to figure out. Hey, you need stuff. to get on your bike, son. Right over there is what you need to do. <laughs> Come back with that stuff. But I, I, I definitely remember sort of making some deals like that, especially with my cousins. And and you know, I don't. I, I, I'm sure we talked about it at school. I, I don't. I don't remember. You know, quite so much. And I, and I'm, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking like how, you know, as a kid, like like how this little power you had to. To, like you said, getting a ride was just the the thing. Like, you know, a few times in my life I was able to walk to my school, but you know, it's like, yeah, how, how am I going to? Dude, it's like trying to trade? convince a yeah. We had to try. We we were faced with convincing like brick walls. You know, like these people didn't want to take us to go buy video games. And I'm talking about our parents. <laughs> yeah. We love yeah. them so, yeah. but they're like, no, man, this is like we're talking 80s, 90s. Video games were not what they are today you know there weren't content creators making money on youtube just off playing video games it was a different world so it was like yeah. pulling tooth and nail to try and just just to get the like all right let's head over there and Got i think 30 minutes or whatever you <laughs> yeah. know like. well and i think our parents would try to put it in perspective of like something maybe they like like trends or, or fads like you know say the hula hoop or something that they you know had briefly been obsessed with and not and and didn't realize that you know it was sort of uh going to be a continuing thing and yeah uh, you know lo and behold here we are doing a podcast about it uh you know as full-grown yeah Too full-grown adults <laughs> <laughs> so take that <laughs> with uh what, what are you wearing there chuck with what what are those uh camouflage <laughs> full-grown adults with, camo, with yeah, what are those? Right. camo sweatpants like yeah <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate freaking uh redneck uh accoutrement to your wardrobe there Accoutre what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, oh, so I have an interesting, I want to say proposition, but but just story from when I was a kid. At one point, the Radio Shack in our town started selling video games. And um, oh, not only Shack, did they man. sell video games, they sold used video games. You, There was kind of this... this um, I, you know, I, I started to say older guy, but I, I imagine he's probably about our age now or, you know, close to my age now at the time. And he ran the Radio Shack and he had a son that was in our school that was maybe a few grades behind me. So I didn't know him personally or whatever. But uh, no, because that's that's like a lot back then as a kid. Yeah. When when you're a kid, another kid that's a few grades yeah, behind. Yeah, a kid. Like, like hey, okay, man. <laughs> Back of the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah, were we were huge difference yeah, back then. Yeah, we weren't, you know, in the same little little click there or whatever. But um so he also sold football and baseball cards, which I collected. And and he had like this glass case that that, you know, had some of that kind of stuff in there. 
So much nostalgia. And he ha- also had uh, video games. And, and the used ones, they, they were also in a glass case. So it wasn't as bad as, as so much like having to go get the guy with the key at the Walmart. But, you know, you just simply pointed to it and asked him to pull it out and he would he would show it to you. And he also played video games and worked on computers in the back of the store. So, you know, he was a source of information about the game, like whether or not it was that good or not. But he was also a businessman. And, you know, I necessarily wasn't, I, I, I was pretty, I don't know, like, like, like it, it, I've always, it, I think a lot of people have, you know, different relationships to money. I've always been really free with it. If I had it, you know, it, it pretty went pretty quick. Like I had to, you know, kind of force myself to hold on to it, you know, if I, if I was saving up for something big. And uh, so I remember being in a scenario where I had a Joe Montana rookie card and but you got to realize, oh, like, what did like, you do? No, no, but but hear me out. Joe started in, I would say, 1981, and this is probably around 85 or 6, I would say, somewhere in there. And so, so you know, the story's not been told. We don't know, you know, he's not, you know, throwing the Immaculate Reception yet. Or, no, no, I guess that's the Pittsburgh pass, but, but there's like this one that he throws to Chris Collinsworth that you always see, you know, against the Cowboys. Like, like that hasn't happened yet. Like, so, so it's, but he, but he's good. You know, I mean, it's obvious he's going to be a Hall of Famer and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, and the card's only a few years old. So, so it probably, you know, came in a pack of gum, but now it's worth, you know, $14 or, or, you know, maybe about a video game, I would say, like, 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 Mm. you know, somewhere Mm. in there. So, so I don't remember the exact specifics, but I traded a Joe Montana rookie card for Super Dodgeball. (laughs) <laughs> and I love Super Dodgeball. Like, like, don't get me wrong. And and I want to say like another questionable game, like like you know that that is lost to history at this point. I don't even remember it. It, it was you know just a, a filler, like yeah. like you know for the trade or whatever. Yeah, yeah, night, I'll take that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like and uh, and I remember like throughout my life, like I've gone through different periods where. I thought, wow, that was dumb. You know, if I'd have held on to that, like, you know, this this card would be worth this amount of money now. And like, if you go on eBay now, I don't remember any of the condition to it. And I can tell you, I was a kid, so I probably, you know, had handled it like a lunatic and messed up the cor- the corners and stuff. Like, like I probably had it in a little sleeve, but I, I hadn't handled it like with white gloves exactly. So it wouldn't, yeah. you know, get rated really high and, and card, you know, they, 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 well, who knows, man? They who have knows? this system like where they rate them like up to ten, I think, and it's all about like how centered it is, like like even things that would have been out of my control. But so I don't know, you know, how well it would turn out. But I would say now it probably would be worth around twelve hundred dollars. But I also think like if if maybe I had kept that Super Dodgeball game new in box, sealed, and you know had it on the internet today, it would be. You know, maybe a hundred dollars. I I think you can get like, you know, a used cartridge that may not work or, or something for like ten bucks or something. But like, if I don't I, know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, We'd have to see. I want to say like 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 you say as as much as you would expect that that Joe Montana card to have been taken care of. If I had taken that same care with that new game, you know, I would say in nineteen ninety two, I would only been able to sell it for less than it than it originally cost. But I would say now, you know, at this point, it would also be worth some money. So, so it's almost like throughout, you know, throughout time, both of those things have sort of, you know, evolved. It's still not a good deal, 
like you know and yeah and i mean i just don't have any idea of what a rookie joe montana card could possibly be and it's I, not worth it's not worth bringing up necessarily right now but the, uh you tr- you traded uh video games for no you traded trinkets for video games i did that once <laughs> <laughs> i did that once too man and it was a bad bad idea i, I remember trading i traded a very very old I, I should have made this tra- i feel bad about it today because it was a gift from my great grandmother and like my my family always used to tell me you don't gift gifts mm-hmm. uh you know and, and i can see where that's generally like yeah you don't gift gifts but like there's occasions where it, i guess it could fly it depends but um yeah. anyways i remember having this camera it was a film camera you know one of the and it was an yeah. old school one like one that today a lot of um camera you know, photographers and all that stuff, they, they look for these types of cameras. Yeah. You know what I mean? The artisticness of it. Yeah. For the, cause they're so vintage and they take a unique style of picture, so on and so forth. Um, so I had one of those style cameras and I remember trading it for, (laughs) I traded it for a, a regular necklace style stopwatch. (laughs) And, uh, which costs like nothing. Um, and I, and like a very simple, uh, super Nintendo game. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, and, and I just, in retrospect, I know that was a really bad trade. (laughs) The only, I, the video game, I didn't even want the video game. I just accepted it. Mm. I wanted the stopwatch because I thought it was so cool that you could clock somebody's time. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason like that's just how much of a little naive kid I was like like look you can you can start the time and and stop it you know and I think it was a bigger kid you know an older kid that I must have thought was cool or something I don't remember but totally like got me like just blown away by the what a stopwatch could do and that was the only reason man I'm like oh just take this shitty ass fucking camera I don't want no man it was such a bad trade I should have kept that camera anyway so I know what you mean yeah and and I think one of the reasons this one sticks out for me is is I, I think you know we we're talking about like getting a ride like like I facilitated this through my dad I think like like I had my dad drop it off and and pick up you know the thing and he did it for me surprisingly but but it it, I remember you know feeling judged you know sort of like like by what I was doing or or whatever but they were mine you know to do with as I willed or whatever I had you know you know I I had my my football card collection you know kind of going back there and it was kind of my jam it was almost a currency (laughs) yeah dude I, I used to have a like back in the day like not to deviate from video games but just with with in that same era kind of it was well i'm sure it spanned for many decades but like i had a big like uh binder that you'd open up and it just had page after page of plastic sleeves with with f- baseball and football cards yeah dude and collecting those was like one of the things you did back in the day yeah. and then i had another set of binders that had all pogs and then I had another set of binders that had all slammers, which would be thick plastic slammers, uh, saw blade slammers, metal, you know, like the thick uh, metal ones, different sizes and, and like uh, cuts for different types of pog flipping. Dude, I loved pogs. I was a pog. See, savage. I missed that. I, that was just a little bit. I, I was a little bit too old, I think, when that was going on. Like yeah, Having binders of compact discs with all your music. Definitely had that. <laughs> you order them from the BMG magazines, man. So you had to do it. Get all this Ten stuff from magazines, man. Yeah, you couldn't just... <laughs> you couldn't just pull it up on an app. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, so those are good memories. 
They're great memories. Um, but do you have anything else before we kind of fast forward a little bit? Because, I mean, there. It seems to me like. Uh, well, I should let you answer that question before I just keep babbling on. You got anything <laughs> no, else? No, no, no. Yeah, this I, older I, era okay. of video games. Oh, Chuck. Do you know what the very first video game was that was ever commercially, commercially, sold? Uh, you, and, and we're talking anything like including arcade cabinets and all that. Any, a, a, the, yeah, anything. The very first video game ever sold. Listeners, if you know the answer to this, uh, well, I was going to say let us know, but I don't know where you would let us know. <laughs> I, you not, can hit us up and we'll shout you out <laughs> if you know the answer. What the very first video game. No, because you're just going to go and Google it, listeners. I know how we y'all see are. You. We see They're just going to go. We see you. <laughs> You're already Googling it right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, how about this? If Let us know what your very, very first video game was that you ever purchased, the farthest back that you can remember. doesn't matter what kind of platform or, or you know, so on and so forth. Just let us know what the very first video game you ever bought was, and we'll shout you out here on the podcast <laughs> on the next episode. Yeah. Hit us up at, uh, at, at ovoxandchuck at gmail.com. We'll leave the email in the description, but... Yeah, let us know. That would be cool to see what y'all were uh, getting after way back in the day. <laughs> I feel like someone out there gave blood for a video game somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, take it. A little bit Just of plasma. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But uh, anyways, very, very first commercial video game ever sold, Chuck. Hit Com- me. Uh, CompuSpace? Is that it? Was it CompuSpace? I think it was uh, or Space, Space War? Wars. Space Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was that? Do you have that there? Let me bring that up. We'll use a little cheat code. Google it real quick. Is Just that 71? I think you got it, man. Let me read this real quick. Um, I'm reading from... Uh, just to give it, drop a little uh, new wave history here on the gaming. Well, Nolan Bush, um, Bushnell. That's our man, bro, from Atari, but... I'm reading from the Smithsonian site, so we can, you know, I think we can all hope this is a pretty reliable site here. Smithsonian.edu. Um, <clears throat> so, again, this isn't the very first video game. It's just the very first uh, commercially sold, as far as we could find in our research. It says here, a creative young entrepreneur named Nolan Bushnell remembered playing Space War during his years as a student at the University of Utah. Okay, so it, it was Space War then that those MIT students put together, uh-huh. I think. I believe so. Uh, yep, and he, it looks like he played it when he was in university. So um, he was in the University of Utah, played Space War that was created in the 60s by those MIT students, those three dudes. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm, I'm losing it here. Uh, yeah, so he began, Bushnell began to think of ways that the game could be retailed. Bushnell had past, he had past experience with amusement park arcades and had witnessed firsthand the popularity of pinball machines. He believed that Space War would make a successful coin-operated machine. So, uh, and I'm still reading from the article here. In 1971, Nutting Associates, a coin-op device manufacturer, released Bushnell's idea as computer space. So you were kind of right, man. Yeah, okay. computer space. That's fair enough. Computer space, yeah. yeah. Um, however, while Space War had been an enjoyable game, computer space proved too complex for the casual game player to understand quickly. 
The changes that were required to convert the two-player space war to a one-player game made computer space frustratingly difficult for those who did learn how to play. Uh, though computer space was a flop, Bushnell still believed that coin-operated video games could be successful after seeing a demonstration of... Oh, okay, I don't need to go on there, but I do remember that even though it was kind of like a flop, I think he sold like, uh, you know, 100,000 units or something more like it wasn't a complete failure. He did make mm. some dough. No, I, I, for some reason, the number that's coming to mind was like 8,000 of them or, or something. But, you know, I don't think they were cheap. Like, like they were they were a pretty you know good sized machine there. And, you know, I think it was profitable what, what he did. Uh yeah, and it, oh yeah, the technology back then was way more expensive, and that I think that was where, uh, again, not to, not to deviate off of the video game buying experience, but part of why they wanted to create like the Atari console and why Magnavox uh, Odyssey also created the console, uh, I think in 1972, a year later, was because like it was much easier for them to get gaming to the person at home on their own tv which was still expensive like i think three four hundred bucks you know to get their little you know at a tv at home but that was much more feasible you know here here's your own video game console for your own tv than them getting these units that i think were literally above over ten thousand dollars yeah i think it like had like the, a vector like, screen on it and it was like 15 grand and and it, yeah man. it looks like like one of the takeaways I had of those videos, actually, like when it showed them kind of playing it there at like MIT, even though it's small, like it looked pretty interesting to me. <laughs> like like it's in in did, black did and white. The, did it, you see the size of the controllers? There's these big massive boxes, dude, with a little well, spin wheel and a little. Click, click. And and I feel like we've all played asteroids. Like like it, it, I, I think that's pretty similar to what they were playing. But what they had there looked a little better than, you know, asteroids to me. Like it, it, it the, the, there was a sharpness to the the graphics that that I don't remember asteroids having, you know. And and yeah, it, and the physics looked a little. Uh, you know, just, yeah. there, there was a little something going on there. Like like I can see how that that was fun. You know, especially at the time. Um, you yep. know, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, being the first video game sold like, like, you know, really commercially, laying, yeah. Making that, laying that groundwork that this is a profitable thing. Like, like it's important that we look at that, you know, and acknowledge like, yeah, that's a, you know, crawling oh, yeah. before we walk kind of thing like right there for sure. Um, now, yeah. And like, just to hit the other side of that coin and, and, uh, regarding what the first video game ever sold was not commercially but just the first video game ever sold if our if what if what we could find is accurate and this might be incorrect but it's everything i looked at suggests this but it looks like these guys from MIT that were um you know just doing research on computers i think what they were they were here i'm going to read from the article again it's easier that way i'm not just stumbling over words here uh quote uh, it was this mindset that led a group of MIT students during the 1960s to create one of the first and most groundbreaking computer games. Um, student Steve Russell and his friends were granted access to the school to the school's new PDP-1 computer, uh, and what provided that they used it to create a demonstration program that utilized as many of the computer resources as possible and taxed those resources to the limit. 
And um, <clears throat> what they did was ended up creating Space War. And then Space War, when you actually looked at it, because of what they were tasked with doing, when you looked at it, you knew that that little uh, computer game that they were playing was effectively using the entirety of the system's resources. Mm-hmm. Like it was just maxing it. <laughs> and then, again, if, if I'm right here, based off what I've uh, researched, they sold it to other universities for doing research with. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a commercial sell, but I guess you know if they did in fact sell them to the other universities and not just like give them the programming... Uh, yeah, those were the first sales. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the sixties. It's interesting to think about that. It like, is, man. It's crazy. I just wonder like if we could go back and interview those folks, you know, what, and ask them where they predict this would go, what, what they would say. Well, according to the very, very, very first dude, I think that, uh, that created a video game back in 1958, I think his name was William Higginbotham. He created Tennis for Two, and um, that game, like, he didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Like, he, he, was, he, he was working on physics and, and nuclear depolarification, uh, what is it called? Uh, non-proliferation. Uh, uh-huh. You know, he was, like, working on the nuclear, like, he, he joined part of a nuclear committee la- later on. Like, he did a lot of other great work that has nothing to do with video games. But he's remembered for tennis for two. <laughs> yeah, know? it sounded like they had like a, a a computer that was designed to to predict the trajectory of of missiles or or, or projectiles, and you know, yeah, they, they used it to make a tennis game. And, oh, look at this! Wait a minute. And yeah, and that's that's what, when you see that box I was describing with the clicker and the wheel. Yeah, it was actually on tennis for two, man. It was just like a click. Just this huge box, just with a big like metal, like you know, old school push button it's so funny like With you the, can see all this too the ball looked good i thought like, like in that I, I remember from that video just thinking you know it looked fairly realistic how the way it was bouncing not so much the the picture of the ball like there were no shadows or you know anything like i would think of in, in, a, in a in a version of that today but the ball yep it, yep. it seemed to be following it, yeah it, like it had good geometry and all that stuff yeah. going on <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was it was a uh, lot. It made sense. Like it, it just like oh yeah. And you could see how at the time that must have been mind blowing. Like like oh man. Yeah, the, dude. Just yeah. like what? Like you you can control what's happening on the screen. Yeah. What? And I can play against a buddy. You know, it's tennis for two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not uno. Dos. Yeah. Tennis yeah. para dos. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. So we had, I wanted to drop that just kind of like, you know, if we're going to talk about what buying video games is like, we had to bring up what the very first uh, sold games were, uh, commercially and non-commercially. So that's what it appears to be. We've got uh, computer war, what is it, computer space mm-hmm. and space war and tennis for two. Those are like the first, yeah, computer space was the first commercially sold video game in an ar- a coin-op arcade box type thing. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess we could say that the Magnavox Odyssey was the first console game sold commercially, you know, they were selling games, but the first game ever sold was the, uh, Space War Mm. from those guys at MIT. Okay. So fast forward a little bit. It seems like the sale of video games and the, the, just the purchasing experience kind of, 
maintained itself for a long time, kind of like without any real grandiose changes up until the internet age when things started going online. And you could actually mm-hmm. start looking at like, you could go to websites and look at cheats, tips, comments, you know, like there were definitely a lot of like cheat code websites. I remember going to them all the time. I remember getting Grand Theft Auto 3 for the first time and uh, going to like, oh, www.cheatcodes.com. And then, you know, like you could find all the cheats for accessing all the <laughs> weapons, God mode and stuff. And those websites would also include commentary, critiques, reviews. Um, so that started to kind of help a little bit in terms of like getting an idea of buying, the, like of what you were going to get into if you were going to buy so-and-so game. But that's really it. At, at least as far as I can remember, you still had to go to the store, look at the box, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and I don't, uh, at least on my part, Chuck, I don't know about you, but describing that experience of having uncertainty, the game being a mystery, saving up for it, convincing your parents to take you, et cetera, et cetera. All of that, um, in describing it, I, I don't intend, I don't mean to describe it as a negative thing. I actually really enjoyed all of that, uh, buildup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like for me, you know, the, like I say, it kind of started out at a Kmart and there was uh, like, I was trading things there at the radio shack and, and probably Walmart eventually came to our town and, and, and then it became a period like you would go to the mall and there would be a toy store in there, uh, called KB Toys, I think was one of yeah. them. And, uh, yeah. you know, that would be a place to get games. And then I want to say Toys R Us would typically be detached from the mall, but it might be like in, in the same, you know, the same parking lot area. And it had this huge video game wall where you'd have the box would be, it wouldn't be there, but they would have a printed copy of it and you would get, get like a slip yeah, you're for right, the game. Dude. Yeah, dude, you're so. Oh you had to gosh, go to the. Totally reminded me of. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the little like video game jail that they had there, like where it was a person's job to kind of be in this little area, and you went up and handed them that that slip, you know. And first, like you would see the game, and you would think it was still there, but if there weren't any slips in the little container in front of it, they didn't have any in stock. But if there was one, you got that slip, and you carried it around while you were in Toys R Us, you know, shopping for whatever else, and then mm-hmm. like kind of. The registers were were here, and then over in the far right corner of the front of the store, as you're facing out of the store, there was this what I call the video game jail, and it was like this little room that was that was like a secured yeah, area that had a glass kind of window, and the person you know you were like oh, I'm getting a copy. Of, you know, and, Dude, and, <laughs> you just brought back so many memories, yeah. and and I guess what you're what you're touching on really is how the game purchase experience uh, uh, kind of advanced and evolved in those uh, years between what we could, I guess, call the beginning and where we are now, is that while it didn't change a whole bunch, there were a lot more places popping up. I wanted to go immediately to GameStop and, and, and at this point in our discussion and say, I, you know, when, when do you first ever remember going to one of those or, or do you or, you know, a similar I never, store? I've never been to a GameStop. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I don't think so, at least. Maybe I have. Maybe I did go to one in Guadalajara once. I want to say there, like, like there was a tower, like, like, like at some point there was a version of a, of what I used to call the record store where I would go get CDs and things like that. That was called tower. It was a version of yeah, tower, tower records, records. That, that, that also sold video games. But you know, 
after the toy stores in the mall being the video game source, and a lot of times they would have them right behind the counter. Like they would also have them locked up. And, and I, I don't think there was like another part of the store that you went and messed with anything. You just had to stand there and say like, I want, you know, such and such video game. You kind of had to have it, you know, kind of already in your mind sort of, and there might've even mm-hmm. been a poster that had what they had over there or something. And, uh, you know, or the latest releases type, type thing. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it kind of went through that time period. And then after that, GameStop came to the mall and it, it, it kind of became the GameStop because <laughs> like, you know, they, oh, they sold used video games. Well, like, you know, probably the first time since I remember, you know, being at the Radio Shack, like you actually could get a used copy of it. And, and yeah, sometimes it was a good deal and sometimes not. Um Oh man, and this was just like the the era where all these new little things were popping up. Like you could get, uh, like there were so many more peripherals. Like like mm-hmm. when these proper video game stores started popping up, or stores started to um, kind of like manufacture within their own establishments a proper video game section. Yeah, like you describe. You know, uh, but before that, it was just like you hopefully find a large enough store, and they'd have like a little spot, like a little mm-hmm. kind of like a quarter of a wall with a few games you know or just like a a single glass cabinet with a couple of games and oh man you know slim pickings (laughs) and as things advanced yeah like you mentioned more dedicated stores started popping up all over the place especially in malls because this was the time that the mall was just hitting hard man (laughs) hanging out at the mall was the place to be you know (laughs) because you just you get all your savings summertime would hit vacations would hit and you'd have all your savings from the school year of your allowance you know back in the day we'd get allowances not really sure if that's still a thing um and you know you'd have all your money saved up you'd go to the mall you'd buy your favorite video games and then with whatever you had left you go hit up the arcade get a piece of pizza you know flirt with some cuties you know what i'm saying (laughs) get a milkshake taco bell i don't know you know just oh man good times good times and then uh and then what, I, what I was going to say is that as these more dedicated stores popped up, you know, you'd, you'd really f- feel, and, I, and I'm talking kind of towards the 2000s, um, post 2000s, uh, you know, up to the 2010 kind of ish a little bit. Um, when you'd walk into these dedicated gaming stores, it was kind of like a sense of, I don't know if this is the right word, but vindication, like. It, validation, it was like sort of, yeah. Validation, you yeah. like, because your parents would walk in, and you could kind of see, like, they'd be like, "Man, this is becoming a not a non-stoppable force." <laughs> yeah. You know, when when you go to like, they're just being like, video games are like an outcast thing. To they're like, okay, now we've got dedicated stores. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, so what were you saying about video games going <laughs> yeah, nowhere? Like, yeah, I could get a job here. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> looks like they're dishing out paychecks, aren't they? <laughs> You know, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, they so might be hiring. Yeah, and you'd go into these places, and instead of just seeing a few video games, you'd see walls packed, posters, uh, toys, um, trinkets, g- gamer guides, stickers, shirts, uh, merch of all sorts. <laughs> like, you know, you, you were going into a place where you really felt at home. Oh yeah, as a, as a young kid gamer, I guess that's try- kind of what I'm trying to transmit here. You'd walk into these places, and it'd just be like. Yeah, yeah. These are my people. It's like the Halo song would come in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the gates open like, up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Uh, little like little doves come and land on your shoulders as you're walking in. Like, oh god, nipples all hard and shit, fully erect. I can tell Whoa, you one hundred percent sure. If we had somehow convinced my dad to come into a mall, it, it wouldn't have phased him. It wouldn't have validated shit for him. You know, he would have said some shit like I used to call yeah. him the dream crusher. He would say. <laughs> He would say, so this is your life's ambition, huh? It's <laughs> like you're going to work at the mall. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love our parents, man. Gotta love them. Uh, yeah. yeah he, but he, he wouldn't set foot in the mall. He, he wouldn't have been that crazy. Like he, that would have been, that was always a trip with my mom and my sister. You know, he, he might, you know send some order for some new underwear or something. Yeah, some new it. Levi's or <laughs> yeah. pair of boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah just get me some. I might need a new cover, honey. Something to wear. Bring me a hat. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> be any head coming up or something. But yeah, other than that, no, sorry. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying yeah, to Stop by that Army surplus and bring me a couple of them throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> what do I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Southern Oregon, dude, there's an Army Navy surplus kind of like right oh, up the yeah. Boulevard from a. Yeah. Anyways, uh, dude, I grew up on that topic. stuff. From, yeah, <laughs> the, the stuff that it came from Vietnam was available when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and just I had one of everything, like <laughs> face paint, you name it. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm sure there's going to be some things here that we skip or gloss over or don't give enough attention that would count as um, evolutions in the video game purchasing experience, but I know we certainly haven't experienced all of that stuff, but what would be the next kind of like evolution in your memory, Chuck, of like going, like like an evolution in the sense where you went, well, this is different. I, I think for me, it was when I bought a game it, it, by the somewhat means like we've described, I would say from a GameStop or something like that, and I came home, and I tried to play it, and it said, you know, this needs to be downloaded before you can play. And dun dun dun. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I, I, well, I, you might have heard me talk about like we have a farm that has a cabin on it that doesn't have internet at this time period. So I've like brought this over to there, like kind of spending a weekend, you know, doing a lot of things outside. But at night and in rainy days, yeah. I'm going to play this video game and I. I can't play it. Like <laughs> I'm putting it in, but it ain't working. I know, man. I'll never forget that. Yeah, it's just like, uh, and and I want to say I even ended up in a scenario where I did have internet, but it was like like you know it wasn't dial up, but it was incredibly slow, like like satellite type internet at the time, and and you could start trying to get it. You know, I think the game was probably Rainbow Six, uh, Rainbow uh, one of the Rainbow Six games, and and yeah, it was just. I just couldn't play it. Like, you know, had to <laughs> had to get some download because, you know, and I, and I bring that up to kind of bring us to, you know, ultimately we're going to be downloading these things as, as we do today. Like, you know, there's no, there's no box. There's no well, that liner was notes. Your first, none of that. Yeah, that was your first encounter with, with that. I mean, what would yeah. that, that would have been on the PlayStation 4? Somewhere like when there. you just got it? I don't know if the 3 was, was download yet. I, I would have said three, but I, I, I it, it's not super clear, you know. I, I, 
I it think must it, have been on the four, like right when it just came out. You must have had that four. It lined even up gets or muddier too, because you know it's like they a year or two later they'd have the slim version of of you know last the last generation console, and and I I bought a lot of those too, like that kind of. I, I I yeah so 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 I don't have that that memory super clear in my mind, but I just remember being like, well, okay, <laughs> I take that back over to mom and dad's house and where the internet you know oh, exists yeah, and man. see if I can, you know, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's kind of gosh. I'm trying to remember. See, that would have been the same for me. Um, I I remember I I had kind of a period there where I wasn't playing too many video games. Um, or at least I didn't have my own system. I was playing video games. It was during that college period. I've talked about it before in, in previous episodes where my roommates kind of had all that stuff already and we were all living in the same joint. So it was in the living room and we played a lot of FIFA and Call of Duty and stuff like that. This is around the 2010, 2011-ish period. Um, <clears throat> and at that time, it was still standard like i think they were on ps3s and uh the xbox one of the xbox iterations but it was still like you put the game in and you're you're going like you didn't have to download anything and then uh i came home back to to baja and i remember chatting with my brother and he's like man you gotta like you know next time you come up let's get you a playstation 4 and we can game together we can stay connected and just do like you know because he'd already been into it a little bit and it, that was still really like a new concept to me to just be able to so easily put headphones on and use a inter- regular internet connection to connect with someone on the other somewhere else in the world. And, and through the, he was telling me about the PlayStation party chats and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I was just kind of like, okay, that sounds great. And I remember I went to Oregon, went to Walmart, experienced that feeling, you know, like, but as an adult now with adult money. You know, and I went in and I bought a PlayStation 4 and I bought uh, a couple of games. And I remember somebody, like I bought some games, but somebody lent me Battlefield 1. Or they like sold it to me for a very cheap price. That's right. Someone in Oregon sold me their Battlefield 1. And uh, I got back to Mexico and that was the first time I experienced that too. I put the CD in and I had to download it. (laughs) And it took forever, dude. It took forever. Ever, that's something certainly new that we never had to deal with before. Yeah. Just you know, yeah. downloading the game. Like, oh. why do you have to download the game? It's, I mean, now I, I enjoy it more. You know, we can talk about that too. But that first time, I'll never forget it. <laughs> it took forever. Well, it was like a sixty-something or eighty-something gigabyte download, and you know, on my horrible internet here that's like uh they say it's 10 megabytes which is like nothing compared to what some people what's your megabytes like 500 or some crazy shit i think it's it's one gig like uh holy shit yeah so so i got 10 megas but when the rubber meets the road and i look at my download speed as i'm downloading something and this is to date like like if i started downloading right now for example it's like 1.2 megabytes per second wow it's horrible man yeah, it's so amazing. it takes a whole night for me to download a game. Mm, yeah, that you is know? frustrating. Uh, it does seem to perform pretty well, though, like when you're playing um, Warzone and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, as long as I turn everything else off. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, even just to <laughs> record this podcast and have a good solid connection with you all the way over there in Tennessee, like, I got to turn everything off. You're like, all right, Grandma, so, we're turning off the oxygen for a little yeah. while here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that. Just the internet stuff. <laughs> You'll be all right. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Take a couple deep breaths. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I'll turn this fan <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> but yeah man i'll never forget that and that really was just that right there for me at least in my video gaming experience was a paradigm shift you know it was uh, a real step forward like things changed yeah i i, I was i was thinking earlier you know even how and and when these things change like like the next generation I, I don't know ultimately that they're ever going to know what it like you talked just now about buying a used video game. And I, I'm thinking about the nuances of that. Like, like I know one thing that you probably did was you opened that thing up, you stuck your finger down into that middle of that CD and you turned it over and looked at it like to see. Oh how. my gosh, dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just to make sure it was new yeah, or like, cause they'd be like great quality, semi new, um, you know, and uh, oh man, dude, that's so true. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah, you know. I you, mean, is is buying used video games even a thing anymore? That's what I'm saying, and that's one of the things that that you know, a quiet way that that they're making more money off us than they used to. That that market when it, when we down solely download these games, that market doesn't exist. Like I can't. It's gonna come, Chuck. I know you still like to buy uh, hard CDs too, in a kind of a collector fashion. But yeah. there's gonna be a day, man, when these manufacturers, these, uh, you know, they're just gonna be like, "We're done. The numbers aren't there." It's a numbers game. There's gonna be a point where the numbers don't yeah. add up, and they're and just it, gonna it's be probably like, a greener practice, <clears throat> I would say too. Yeah. For the environment, yeah, you know, like. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. I suppose you know less plastic, certainly. And whatever kind of a techie-related minerals that they're probably expropri- expropriating from some <laughs> third-world country at slave labor wages. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that's... We'll see when that happens. In fact, what, what would you guess? How many years out do you think they're going to, like... We're going to start seeing, like, publications on... Uh, News feeds and gamer gamer feeds and whatnot saying, "Oh, so and so company has pulled the plug on manufacturing hard copy video mm. game." You know, I would say, what do you think five, five to six, ten. yeah. And then there might yeah. they'll still be like like somebody that just sort of that's their gig, that's their gimmick. You know, maybe they make um, collectible versions of of something. You know, maybe still yet like like, but um, yeah, it'll, I think, yeah, it'll go. I think PlayStation's going to be one of the first to be like, "We're done." I mean, I, I mean, why else would they create a digital edition? Yeah, it's kind of. I think it's just kind of a hint of the direction they're trying to oh, take. Oh, I see. Yeah, what you're saying. Like, yeah, they you wouldn't know? do that at all if it wasn't really coming in the works. Yeah, I think it probably just makes more sense for them too. I think it's like, I think the idea is it makes more sense for us as the gamers because everything else we do is pretty much on a cloud. You know, you got your Apple Cloud, your Google Cloud, or Google Drive, or whatever. These are just different iterations of memory clouds. PlayStation got a cloud too. Yeah. Xbox, you know, all these, you know, PC with Steam and like we're not Dude, do you remember Oh man, speaking of buying video games in boxes. Do you remember ever seeing like when you'd go to GameStop or any of these stores or like in my case it was Fred Meyer back in the day. That was when I used to go to a lot. It was uh, in Grants Pass, Oregon go in there and you'd see like the Nintendo games, the PlayStation and such. And then there'd be a, a wall with 
only computer games, man. And I don't know if you ever remember, but the computer games would come in these giant ass boxes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? that? Oh yeah. About dude, why, man? Phone it's the book same. Size. It's the same. Dude, they're like massive phone book sized boxes, like Quake Two, and it'd be in this huge ginormous box and then once you opened it it would just be a cd like just the For same as the playstation reasons, yeah. yeah like <sighs> i i think i remember the commodore 64 boxes being like that and the floppy disk being fairly large it, it still was way bigger than it needed to be for it but I, I think you know that that probably is just a little bit of it and um but but i i totally remember what you're thinking and and that was kind of a like something I didn't get involved in at the time. So I, I, I that was like a foreign world to me a little bit. Uh, Same with me because remember when I was talking, I don't remember what episode it was in, but uh, oh, it was the online gaming episode. Remember when I was talking about how it was just so difficult for me to figure it out? You know, <laughs> install CD, uh, execute.exe, run setup. Uh, Format just, uh, forward slash colon space. Yeah, like, like, like you had to be like a young coder just to f- get the game to run and shit, you know, so. Yeah, and if um, you missed, if you left like two spaces where there was one or, or just any, the whole shebang didn't work. Like yeah, it just dude, you might like. Syntax yeah, error. Like, freaking <laughs> inspector gadget blow your computer up on accident types, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Execute. Yeah, man. But so, so yeah, I kind of same here. I, I just I didn't want to have anything to do with PC games back in the day. Like it wasn't until you know more recent times that PC gaming is kind of like some would argue that like if you're gonna game, game on a PC. You know, like for for. Oh, sorry, frames and just uh, control and stuff like that and, and uh, customization, et cetera. And, of course, I think both of us enjoy playing Warzone a lot more on PC. And, like, there's – PC is – is gaming on PC is, is a much different experience these days than it was in the 90s. Believe you me. It is. Dear listener. <laughs> Tell you what. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if in, as a gamer, if you're in a place where you can have a little bit of all those things and experience them, that's, that's a true delight. But, um, but yeah, man, especially for any listeners out there that are like, uh, you know, born, uh, let's say post, post internet or, or social media onward, like, like just, Imagine, like, you, you know, the only place you're going to get any information on your games that you enjoy is, like, in a magazine that you got to go find and buy and, like, hope, you know, or, or, you, or you're not going to get any of that. And you just got to, like, you know, try to, conv- and like in, a, in a time when gaming was certainly looked at um, not as openly, maybe, I don't know what the right wordage is, but, like, you know, your parents mainstream. most... Yeah, like I, I think most parents back then were just like, hell no, with video games. <laughs> so it was just a completely different experience, you know. And then I guess that's what we're kind of trying to help the, you know, help uh, recreate for anyone out there that never experienced that. But man, a lot of nostalgia comes with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like I say, to see parts of it go away like that, that uh, you know, that, that folks will it, never know about. And it's it's like a it's psychological, man. It's like if you don't have as much access to it, 
you really enjoy it more. You don't take it as much for granted, I suppose. Yeah. Is that, I think that's kind of what I'm trying to touch on here is that like now, um, I can, you know, we can close up this podcast and I can just go onto my phone real quick and see what the latest deals are, uh, you know, or the PlayStation plus subscriptions and different variate, like in different subscription, uh, models and, if you sign up for this, you'll have access to over 300 games and, and like, I can do that at the touch of a button, you know, and it's so easy. Like I don't even have, I can just go to a, like, Oh, I like the scam. Let me check it out real quick before I buy it. Go on to YouTube, mm-hmm. um, uh, such and such review or such and such before you buy, or, you know, like just complete, get, uh, get well informed on a game and buy it in a heartbeat. And I can like instruct my devices to start downloading it from my phone and, it's just like, and don't get me wrong. Great, great, great. You know, it's, I love it all. It's great. And I'm excited for how it's going to continue to evolve, you know, with VR and the next iterations of gaming and connectivity and, oh man, fun stuff is coming. But there's something to be said for buying video games back in the day. Definitely so. I, I think like, like in a good, like side thing to keep with that is just an open mind to the future you know not be that person that's like well this isn't the way i remember you know and and you know be open to those new changes and and you know just kind of enjoy both i i think is is uh it's kind of a fun exercise and and i i certainly like cherish these memories but at this point it is kind of nice not to have to you know we talked about 75 percent of the time going there and them not having what you want Boy, they always got what you want right there now. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and like if it's out, it's there. Yeah, and if, <laughs> and if you if you get it and end up hating it, like uh, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Like back then, it back then it was like if the game sucked. I'm trying to remember the feelings it would cause, and I'd be lying if I if I said I could remember it. But I just I just remember it being real troublesome you know like hard i was like damn man i just spent all my you know like well and i think one thing you and now like like if you buy a game now and you don't end up liking it like you know it's on you (laughs) well and too i think that's tempered by like like with playstation plus and things like we get free games like you mentioned this kind of in our pre-discussion a little bit of, of where you you could you get a couple games for free each month that are that are quality Dude, games. Qual, I just got, and any, anyone that has the PlayStation Essential subscription knows this, but Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order is free this month. That yeah. game is sick, dude. I've been playing <laughs> it. It's sick. So, I cannot believe, <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, and then it, it, when a game, when you get two games a month free like that, it's like... Kind of evens the score a little bit, yeah. you know, like if I do get a, a turd or whatever, you know, I, I feel like in the end I'm still coming out ahead, you know, as far as my PlayStation purchasing goes, you know, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. And, and I'm wondering what's out there that we don't know about. Like, is there a place maybe on the, the dark web or, or something where this stuff like these files can get traded for free, I imagine. And oh, certainly, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's probably not so easy to get away with um, because now, like, I got to ask, do you want to do a quick bathroom break? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, yeah. We'll be right back, listeners. Right. Yes, yeah, so I was just saying that, like, back in the day, 
you know, when you get a game, you get it, and then that was it. There was no, like, further connectivity, you know? You'd plug it in, play. There was, like, wasn't an internet connection, so um, I kind of forgot what we were, were getting after, but I was just going to say that, like, games were, like, gamers could tinker with games, like, change them up, switch them, um, modify them, and, and so on and so forth. And now with the connectivity and stuff, there's a real oversight of the gaming community and code of conduct and rules and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's also much different. Yeah. Yeah. Is that almost, what we were talking about? I don't remember anymore before our, our bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost train of Best thought. Best not to dwell on that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners right now are like, what the hell is I talking about? <laughs> and the bonus question is, what were we just talking about? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, uh, I, 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 I definitely think that you know the the changes that that have happened are are probably for the best, you, you know, and it it's going to be interesting to kind of see where where that goes. You know, I, I think like far as in in the timeline of our discussion, we're kind of at the point where where we are now, where where you know, every game, even if I did go buy the CD or, 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 or D, you know, the disc or whatever, I would still have a ton of downloading to do and, and continually have to do throughout the game. There's updates constantly. That's a huge point, Chuck, what you just mentioned, because that like and that maybe that's what I was trying to touch on here before I totally lost my my groove. Um, like you'd get a game and if it was bad, it was bad, you know, and it was a, if it was a flop. It was a flop. And that was it. But now with games being just co- consistently connected, and we actually, we also touched on that in our last episode about online gaming, is that if a game to an extent has these issues that are really complicating the experience and creating a negative impact on the consumer and sales, et cetera, they can come in, program a patch or uh, uh, a DLC or, or whatever, an update, upload it into the system and then to to even be able to continue to playing that game that you purchased you have to download the patch the update and it'll go in and fix something <laughs> that was never feasible before like you couldn't just have all the 100,000 units of uh i don't know freaking <clears throat> you know the second zelda game or whatever on nintendo have them shipped back you know oh, you're <laughs> You know, little kids out there across the nation, send that bitch back. We're going to fix it. And we'll send it back to you again. It's going to take three weeks. Regular postage. You pay for, you know. No, wait. What if they sent out the Nintendo soldering kit and... and (laughs) Fix it your damn self. Timmy, <laughs> and sent you a little microchip. Like, what you want to do? Get a little screwdriver. Take these four little bolts out yeah. on the back here, and you see that yeah. motherboard. <laughs> Open the cartridge up. Look on the back. You see that little square where there's nothing there? Yeah, we forgot to add that one. Yeah. Here you go. You can throw it in there. So what you do? Screw her back up. Plug, plug this hot iron into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> get, your, get, some, get permission get from your parents. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, there was no way. Um, But you you know, I think you mentioned modders there, there too, kind of being in the connectivity, being a part part of it, and and I think even like these patches, a lot of time, 
like they oh, get a lot of feedback from the modders and and the users of the games now. Like like it's kind of starting yes. to flow in two directions. Um, I just remembered what we were talking about before we had to hit the, hit the bathroom. There you go. We were talking about uh, kind of like ha- hackers and copying games. I think you mentioned you brought up like if yeah, games the dark really, web or something. The dark yeah, web and yeah. copying. That's what you were talking. That's what we were talking yeah. about. And what I was going to say was is that because of how games are co- so connected these days. That there's like, I think there's ways that um, <clears throat> PlayStation or Xbox or, or Steam or Blizzard or you know whatever Battle.net they can kind of detect when false games are being used or you know what I mean. Like oh, I just I feel like yeah. because everything's online now, I might be completely wrong. Obviously, there's hackers, there's cheaters. We experience it all the time. Um, I'm sure games are getting copied and sold illegally. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, um, but. <laughs> It must be a little bit more of a challenge these days because of, you know, there's so many um, IT firewalls and protections, I suspect. And like every time we load into ARC, it says on the top, you agree by playing ARC, you agree to respect the ARC code of conduct, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. So, you know, back in the day, Mm. it was a lot, you know, it was a lot easier to just take a PlayStation CD, burn that mofo and then, you know, sell it, you know, wherever. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I do. I do feel like that. Like that's out there. I, I don't know that it's something that I'm going to pursue. I, I think it's probably more prevalent in the PC world than in, in console, as far as far as you know, things being available, like in the yeah. dark dark web sort of. Yeah, it you know, seems that way. It seems like it's not as easy to cheat, or hack, or steal, or whatever on consoles. Yeah. You're on the edge of your yeah. seat, Chuck. Are you all right, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm, it seems I'm, like you're, I'm you're like... I'm to look around at my dog here. I, I, I want to tell our listeners, if you're hearing something crazy going on in the background, it's my dog. Like She's excited. seems like you're nervous yeah. about our base getting raided on our man. <laughs> nah, dude. Not anymore, man. We got two million rounds ready to go. Um, it's crazy. I feel like I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like a, know, I tell you, I'm excited to get back on there. Like um, a mosquito at a nudist colony. Got a lot of work to do. So what else, Chuck? Is there anything that we're missing in, t- in regards to this topic? Uh, what was the last video game that you bought? And tell us about that experience. How did that go for you? Let's think that through. Um, hmm. Probably was. Did you end up getting? Uh, what would it have been? It must have been one of these recent games we've been playing together. What have we played recently on, on the PS? It's like like almost everything on the PS Five is in transferred over from the PS Four. So so it's probably going back to Steam. I think I I bought um, kind of a game on there that. Uh, I can't remember the title of it right now. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank. So this on is you. exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't remember the name of the title, man, that's on you. <laughs> I don't Chuck's think still I, buying I was video games, ladies and gentlemen, like it. the old days. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice picture. Purchase. Oh, it, it probably was. It, it was. Um, what goes with Warzone? Modern Warfare Two. I probably bought that off of BattleNet. Um, mm. So you went for the full version. Yeah, well, yeah. What goes nice. with um, with War with Warzone Two? That that would have been uh, awesome, man. 
Yeah. The last game I bought was Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah and it's been real yeah. fun. Yeah. Right on. Well, do you got anything else in the notes or anything like that? I know you had me, a couple uh, of items jotted down. Let Otherwise, let's keep this one short and sexy and get the listeners on their way to, to gaming on. I feel like I probably have the million-dollar question here somewhere. Well, after this morning, I'm feeling like a million dollars. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see. Chuck's going through his phone here. looks all intent. Like, scrolling he's scrolling it's like we've covered covered a whole lot of them i i double checking do you remember the most you've ever paid for one? Oh, that's a good question the most i'd have to say probably somewhere around like 70 bucks 70 or 80 dollars Perhaps the ultimate edition, the d- deluxe edition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, you just brought up maybe another topic. Like, and that's another thing, right, guys? I yeah. mean, the whole like, you know, you can buy the video game. Like, can you imagine back in the day if we had gone to like, you know, we walk into three choices, you know, J.C. Penney's or Target, and there's like, yeah, Golden Eye, Golden Eye Ultimate Edition, Golden Eye, you know, the 007 Edition. <laughs> And then, you know, like, what? It's like you had to buy the suit for James Bond. <laughs> the skin yeah. for him. Yeah, you get one that comes with the gold, like all the cheat codes already unlocked for you. Um, you know, that that's that's an interesting, uh, you know, point um, before we wrap this one up is all these like different additions. They're really just money grabs. You know what I mean? Like when they throw 20 bucks onto a, a, a game's price and all you get is the soundtrack to come with it but the soundtracks on spotify it's like come on you know You're i see, I see skins, skins a lot of times and maybe you know like a weapon or two here or there um you know involved in it and i, I think if it's like my favorite game you know or, or something like like i could see like if if there was you know a like some of this retro Battletoads game that came out or, or, or some, you know, collector's edition of that, 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 you know, definitely like I'm a fanboy in that situation, but far as like, ultimately, is it worth it? Far as my experience on FIFA, you know, if I got the ultimate edition, so I had, you know, a few extra skins and, and things here and there, like, so I can have an Afro while I'm, yeah yeah Yeah. i'm okay (laughs) so that's definitely a a new aspect to buying games uh these days is how you can get different packs and additions Mm -hmm. um and also what was the other thing i was going to mention like dlcs and uh like you know on arc there was the season pass so you buy the base game and you get the base maps. And then if you bought the season pass, you'd get Aberration, Extinction, and stuff like that. Uh, oh, there was something else I was going to mention. Yeah, there. a lot of them do have you know a season pass, like kind of the the battle pass that, that we get in, in um, you know, Fortnite had something very similar, I think. And Yep, um, yep. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like we've covered it really well. Uh, one thing I, I'm interested in, I think our listeners would be too, can you think of any sort of like uh, like unique to Mexico sort of like video game buying experience uh, as far as how yeah, it goes? Yeah, like, to- well, I mean, the prices are in pesos. 
it, it, the know, availability, the, like, like it, it's, I feel like it's pretty similar it's now. Yeah. 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 Now that it's all online. Yeah. And my yeah. PlayStation account's set up in the U.S., so I see the same stuff you do there, and everything is in dollars. But when I buy stuff on Steam, it's all in pesos, and it, it's definitely priced differently. I feel like games are cheaper down here, ah. which is strange because, oh, man, yeah. So I remember buying Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, down here in Mexico, yeah. and I remember it being so expensive, man. <laughs> it was so expensive. I think it was like a hundred bucks or something like, you know, definitely at least 20 or $40 more than in the U S and dude, talk about convincing your parents to take you to, on it, like to give you a ride. I, we'd have to go all the way to Cabo or all the way to La Paz, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like an hour or two hours. And this is back when there was only one lane on the freeway. <laughs> you know, and that bitch was like a long anaconda snake. You know, you're just like off camera turns and like goats and shit. Yeah, like you basically had to like try and find a like a spot in the in the suburban. You know, like if the folks were going to do a, a grocery run or a supply run, you kind of had to like there's a spot left in that bourbon so I can get in there and get a ride down so I can, you know, Zelda's out, you know what I'm saying? I I, I do feel like there in the early 2000s, there was a period, um, I, I remember being in, in La Paz and going to like an internet cafe and on the door, it, it, it had like what, was they were willing to pay for a PlayStation Four or something, or, or or there was something about it, like like they were selling it, and I remember it being like maybe two to three times what it cost in the United States, and thinking to myself, like I should become a video game smuggler, man. I, like you get a little <laughs> plane, like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at ten thousand feet. We're gonna drop to five. Open the door, <laughs> latch the chute, push it out. <laughs> we're just like we're out in the desert down there with a the little air, you know, makeshift airport. I'm like, all right, Obox, we're coming in <laughs> over the border. <laughs> there was a time period, I think, like you say, like it actually. It's almost like if it was there, it was brought from the United States, like by hand. By so, so, so it was kind yeah, of like dude. a, it was you know, a premium for that service by like, hand like, I get to see a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 bunch so, of kids like yeah. with families but I'm just bringing them in by hand here you go <laughs> sell these you know yeah man yeah uh, I, 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 you gosh know. man and and that's that's why it's funny in retrospect to look at steam now just here at my laptop in my living room and just go like oh wow uh, you know rust is super cheap or you know, Ark was super cheap because I, I bought it on PC as well. Um, I haven't played it on PC. I don't know if that was a good purchase because uh, we are ultimately playing it on console. But, you know, it was super cheap. So I was like, no, no biggie. Yeah, I think, you know, that's almost like one of the flip sides of, you know, like how we're nostalgic for those things, like like the availability for the rest of the world. Like you got to think, you know, all through the rest of the world like south america yeah. like like you know there's probably similar stories you know playing out in different decades where the availability you know has become and now it's like we're kind of all on the same page you know kind of feeling it feels You're right like, man yeah. i'm glad you asked that particular question because i i had completely forgotten about like that experience when i got um zelda the ocarina of time 
or when uh, when I got Metal Gear Solid 2 for the first time. Oh, man, what a game. Some games, too, man. Some games, back in the day, you'd go and, you know, you'd pull the trigger. Not really, you know, all, all you're able to do is read the back of the box, and you'd get home, and it'd be a hitter. You know, <laughs> it'd be a hitter, man. You're just like, Ocarina of Time, yes. GoldenEye 007, <laughs> Star Fox 64, um, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, Siphon Filter, uh, all the um, get Driver. Oh, driver was so much fun. <laughs> God, I love that game. Whew, man, and you know, you just get back and it'd be a hitter. <laughs> and now, you know, you just download them in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, so, and again, like, I think there's something to be said there about, uh, oh, sorry, there's a, I don't know if y'all can hear that in the background, there's like a a car drive, you know how down here in Mexico, just random cars will drive by with uh, announcement speakers, just announcing oh, yeah. some random stuff. Yeah, with like tortillas. Like, like you Tor- can, yeah. you, Tortilla, uh, uh, or like the guy that comes by with, with the bread. Yeah. El panadero pan. con el pan. El panadero con el pan. You know, the bread man with the bread. The bread I've man with the bread. Seen all of <laughs> There's the dude with the uh, the kitchen supplies too that always impresses yeah. me. Like yeah. he's Guy come by buying scrap metal. Like a burn, yeah. burn. So if you heard that, listeners, apologies. It sounds like he's gone now. But that's all um, the answer right there, brother. Yeah. So what I was getting at is just the 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 taking it for grantedness. You know, if uh, there was a lot to that time when you'd have to, you know, go through true feats just to get a video game and, and <laughs> yeah. ri- not, you know, and it's a coin toss. Yeah. You know, so it's a blessing to be able to game the way we do today. That's Amen. all I get, you know. And that's all I have to say about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to drop this mic. You know what I'm saying? No, sir. Here, let me just drop Q- my phone a little bit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the Q2U. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyways. Well, man, it's been fun to talk about that for sure. Yeah, this has been a good one. So I think we should wrap it up, Chuck, before it gets too long. Um, yeah. There's not a whole bunch more to say. Listeners, if... Uh, if you get a moment, just hit us up, um, whether it's on uh, uh, through a review on Apple Podcasts, that would actually be super helpful because at the same time you're, you're helping, you know, the algorithm get the podcast out there. But if you want to leave a review with the first game you've ever played uh, or excuse me, ever purchased, whether it was good or bad, let us know and we'll definitely read it here on the podcast and give you a shout out. And um, <clears throat> thank you all just for listening, joining us. This is our 19th episode. We're getting close to 20. And we'll be back in two weeks with some fresh materials. Oh, and that's another thing. If there's any topics you would be interested in us kind of diving into, you know what we like to talk about and, and the topics we touch on. So sh- shoot it our way, maybe with, via an, uh, an email. That's uh, ovoxandchuck at gmail.com. O-V-O-X-A-N-D. C-H-U-K at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. Um, I think that's facebook.com forward slash new wave gaming podcast. Uh, all one word. And uh, you can hit us up there. Follow us, like us, reach out to us. Um, yeah. And uh, Chuck, you got anything for these awesome folks? Yeah, I just hope everybody has a good couple weeks and uh, love everyone. And uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks everyone. Chuck, thank you. And uh, those are some savage uh, camouflage pants you got there.
might, might have to Amazon me a couple in this way. <laughs> might you know? get arrested for being a flex offender. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you. See you in the next one. <laughs>